Okay, this mimer is on the bottom of Daf Peches. Uh, we're going to do the entire mimer. The mimer begins with the pasuk "Kum itchem truma lahavaya kol nidiv liba yivio as truma savaya." Take from amongst them a truma, an uplifted offering to Hashem, and that's going to be one of the emphases. And they should all whose heart impels them, they should bring the trumas Hashem. So the Alpha begins with the question, what are these two different trumas? One is called to Hashem, and the second is simply called the truma of Hashem. Now, truma comes from the word for uplifted, remimus, like Davin Melech writes in Tillim, I will uplift you. Begam, also truma is from the term for detachment, separation, to separate truma. So what is this idea of remimus? Because we know that there are two levels in the process called hishtalshalus. There is the very particular mamali kolamin and the more inclusive seviv kolamin. Mamali kolamin is like the neshama, the way it gives life to the body, it invests within it to give it existence. It distinguishes between thought, speech, action. The intellect is in the head. Each of the detailed aspects of the body are uh, aligned with their particularly contoured characteristic. Uh, based on their quality and character and so forth. Although it all starts from the brain and stems there and is spread throughout so that the eye sees uh, and the ear hears, it's in the uh, hands move and so on. Turns out what we have consequently is that the light and the life force that radiates within each of the tools of the body is commensurate with its stature and its uh, character. And therefore, the intellect is radiant in the brain because it is a more receptive and subtle tool. As such, it can receive the most profound revelations of godliness, a revelation of the seichel and, and thought. In contrast to the hands, we're now on the top of Daf Petas, they, cannot, uh, they are not receptive to such a subtle level of godliness. They are receptive, though, to the crafts of the hand. And they, relative to the feet, which are not as dexterous, uh, the hand can do crafts and it can write down brilliant ideas because even though the seichel cannot be directly embedded in the hands, it can be revealed through the hands. In contrast to the feet, which have, quote, only the quality of mobility. On the other hand, <laughs> it, there's a certain superiority to the quality of mobility that it can transport the head. And this is because the highest and the lowest are wedged within each other. <clears throat> and therefore, the highest level uh, that starts is manifest all the way down in the feet and not in the hands. And that's why the feet can serve the head by transporting it in a way that even the hands cannot. But on the other hand, pardon the pun, the hand has the ability to express the wisdom of the intellect through the skill of writing. And again, this is the product of the delineation of each of the spiritual skills to the commensurate characteristic. Next paragraph. From here, we understand the lesson in the le- in the story of the Hishtalshlis and the mechanism through which Hashem delivers life force into this world. In every world, it is according to its measure, according to its capacity. In general, this is called in the Zohar, the Mamalikol that in the higher level of Ganeda, in the residence of the great Sadiqim, there's a greater level of light. Like the Seichel is in the brain, 
And then in the world of the malachim, that is primarily those who serve Hashem with the intuitive love and fear. And they don't have the same degree of capacity that is comparable to the intellect of the great tzaddikim. This is like the power of godly, uh, the power of skill that's invested in the hands. The right hand is the level of love. It's the camp of Michal. The left hand is the camp of <coughs> Gavriel, of the characteristic of Gavura. And again, relative to the Seichel, it cannot have the Seichel directly in the hands. That is, these Malachim who serve Hashem out of their emotional capacity are not at the same level as the Tzadikim who serve out of their uh, expanded sense of intellect, yet they can also be aligned with that intellect like the hand is aligned with the intellect as illustrated by the capacity to write it down. And so too, you have the malachim, the uh, Michal and Gavriel compared to fire and water, again, characteristics of the heart. And then you have the expressive quality, the chitzenius of the right hand, that is, that it should be brought down into this world to subsume the world with chesed. And even more so down to the behavior, each one according to its own. Like it says, you've made the heavens, the heavens of the heavens, and the days and all that are in them, you give them existence. That again, the concept is that Hashem invests a life force, a spiritual capacity that is commensurate and matches with the receptability or receptivity of the uh, commensurate world. So the higher the heaven, the higher the level of God. Next paragraph, we can understand from this, this that we see in actuality, the way in which Hashem brought the mun into the world, that it says that I will rain down bread from heaven. And it says that when the tal, the dew came down and the mun rested on it. Now the mun is called the bread of the uh, limbs that the ministering angels nourished by. And this seems odd. How is it possible that a malach, that is innately a spiritual entity, should eat mun, which is something physical, like we see, that they ground it and they baked it and so on and so forth. But the idea being that the mun is rooted in a very lofty spiritual level that is drawn down from the dew of heavens. And this is that frost-looking dew, which is representative of the loftiest levels of godly expression. Like it says that the... The, uh, the dew of lights that are uh, uh, provided for you, that these are the spiritual lights. And it's called in the Zayar, these, again, this dew that is detached from the spiritual level called Atik. This is called the dew of heaven. And this is invested within the physical month. How is it possible that something so lofty as these spiritual lights should manifest itself in something so tangible as month? So it's not that it is literally invested in it, because it's called the dew of light. These are the loftiest lights that are higher than being invested in anything that can be captured by what we call the kalim, even of Atsilas. And therefore, it is called the dew of light specifically. How then can it be brought down here? Rather, this is through it being invested in the entire process of the Hishtalshas, from level to level of the heavens of heavens down into the heavens, and then into the earth. And even while it's down in that, I'm sorry, while it's along that pattern, and it's still on the loftiest level, so there, the ministering angels, the Malachi Asharis, can be nourished by it, because it still retains its spiritual character. It doesn't use this, but like, even we say the concept like, a person is very sweet, and an apple is very sweet. 
Now, there's a similarity to the sweetness of an apple and the sweetness of a person. One is a more spiritual concept, and one is a more tangible. So, too, the mud comes through this process. And while it's still in that spiritual genre, it nourishes the malachi ashadis. Then it becomes very materialized and very tangibleized. But it's still the spiritual lights, and therefore it is brought down here into our physical limbs and is absorbed within us. And that's why it does not produce any waste. The man did not produce any waste. And it's also why the man did not fall on Shabbos. Whereas other expressions of the physical are also on Shabbos. That is a standard food on the top left-hand column. Nevertheless, uh, the, we know that every blade of grass has a direction from Hashem, and even grass grows on Shabbos, but not the man. Why? Because since the man came down from this level called the divine lights, that cannot manifest itself on Shabbos, because on Shabbos, the world is uplifted to a higher level. And therefore, it can only experience like we experience the world on a pneumious level and not on a chitzenius level. And that's why the man did not manifest on Shabbos. But other expressions do, because they are innately only more external. And if so, we understand how it is that the man could contain this sort of spiritual, not just sort of, but this spiritual characteristic. That is, through the hishtalshlis, the process of level to level, and therefore, the man, the way it's down here, is not similar to the way it is above. That down here became a physical food. While it was still in the spiritual world, it was a spiritual thing. It was bread that could nourish the ministering angels. And that is, the man, the way it is still, up above in the spiritual world before it is brought down here. Turns out that a person can contemplate an idea while it's here in the Mamalik Olam, which is the drawing down of the loftiest lights that they should be manifest in each world according to its level, like we say that you, Hashem, give life to each one. Next paragraph. We also can understand from what it says in Pasha Shlach, that Moshe dispatched the spies and he told them to determine, are there trees or not? And the Zayir explains that what he wanted to truly know was the hashpa that is drawn into this holy land of Eretz Yisrael is it like the level of eights, eights being a reference to the tree of life, which is a quality of chachma. Like we know that chachma gives light, life. And also eights, tree, is from the word for eitza, suggestion and recommendation, which is still the quality of chachma. Or does it come from a level of ayin, which is a level that is completely beyond chachma? Like we say that chachma comes from ayin. And the sign that will that will key Moshe Rabbeinu into knowing what is this light force that sustains Eretz Yisrael, that he sent the spies to determine, is if they will see that it produces fruit like other lands, or then it's only come from the level of eights. Like it says, everything is made with chachma, again, eights being a reference to chachma. The world is filled with all of God's acquisitions. The whole world is rooted in this quality of chachmila. Like uh, the Targum explains that voracious means with wisdom that Hashem created the world. However, if they will see that the fruits come in such an incomparable way, that it can't be similar to other lands, like the Gemara talks about in Masech Subas, then he'll know, that is, Meshur Rabbeinu will know from the spy's report, that the level that sustains Eretz Yisrael is a level of ayin that is beyond Chachma. And that's why it draws out this greater illustration <clears throat> that is not restrained or restricted by Timson. So we understand from this how it is possible that this physical impact should be drawn down from a level called ayin, 
Again, that's how this uh, 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 mission of the spies is relevant to the point we're trying to make, that there are different levels of sustenance. There is the sustenance that comes from the Eitz Chayim that produces fruit like other lands. And then how could there not be trees, meaning that it comes, the, the sustenance of Eretz Yisrael at least could be considered that it comes from a level that is beyond uh, Eitz Chayim. It comes from total Ayim. That is, there can be such a level. But this is through the process of Ishtalshalis from level to level, and it becomes invested in uh, the physical from this level called nothingness. And from there, we bring out greater blessing and greater gift. From whence we understand that the idea of a malakol almond that is drawn down from the highest levels is only manifest in each world and each creation according to its character. And therefore, there is within the light and the life force this distinction of levels without end. That even all of the worlds are, are, are even though all of the worlds are divided into the four categories of mineral, vegetable, animal, and human, and each of these levels, there are so many different levels without measure, and each one yet receives what is necessary and fitting for them. Next paragraph: the level of seviv kolamin, which is a level of light and divine life that does not invest itself directly into the worlds, And we don't mean that it surrounds it from above, but it is also impacting the world, but it is not invested in the world. But we say the heavens and earth are filled with Hashem. I, I Hashem, meaning my very essence of myself. Yet it is not divided, it is not commensurate with the world. I am Hashem the first, I am Hashem the end. I precede all existence. So the contrast to Soiv and Mamale is that Mamale is fitted to the world. Like we described, that the journey from the earth to the heavens is 500 years, but it's still 500. It's not infinite. And this is what we mean, that we are exalted, that the very essence is uplifted without end. <clears throat> this level of godliness and this godly life that is drawn from Soivev is through the quality called Melech, that Hashem is called our king, just like a king, that the, uh, the only thing that the, 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 the governed are able to appreciate is his impact on them, but he still remains innately detached from them. This is like that several level of soive that comes the level of Malchus. Of course, Malchus is through the Jewish people, that Hashem, in order to be a king, needs to have a people. And that's what David says regarding the Jewish people, that he is the exalted level of king, that is, through that level of malchus, malchuscha, malchusko leilamim. So just like a king has very specific impact, the laws that he makes, and yet the character of king, while it impacts, creates what we might call the culture of the nation, it's not directly embedded within the nation. So the people know what the king instructs, and they know that they are influenced by the king, but they can never know the king. Bottom paragraph, the point being that the level of Sevev Kolhamen is an expression from the infinite light of Hashem that is drawn out to be exalted over all worlds and then this exalted level. It gives life to them and it is a life that is on the quality called Maket because this exaltedness and upliftedness of the king that is detached from his people is not, been, is not manifest within them personally, but it's again, it's, it, it's an external level, like a cultural quality. And beyond this, it is drawn down, they draw it down. This highest in the sustaining, we're on the top of the, the next page of Petas on the base. <clears throat> this level of exaltedness, and this is called Seviv Kolamim. And it's from the level of Machuscha Machus Kolamim that the highest, the life force that is invested in the very essence of it, which is again Machuscha Machus Kolamim, that his uh, authority as king 
and the impact of king is from this loftier level that he gives existence to all of them. And that's why it says, and you give life to all of them. And then the author ever breaks it down. That atah is olive through tough via the hay, the five uh, uh, organs of speech, the tongue, the larynx, and so on, that it becomes embedded within us in a personal level. So we take it from the exalted, what I'm calling the cultural, and it's embedded within us, which is not the case of malchuska and exaltedness, which is only sevif kolam, and that still remains detached. But the essence and fabric that is higher from this level of sevif kolam, like a king, that his very essence and identity, we don't know. We can't know the king, we would say, a rebbe because his exaltedness is only an expression that we see. We get the impact of the king. And this is what it means, that he is exalted, the, the God who is the king, that this level of exaltedness, which is Sevev Kol Almin, is detached. It is makif, it surrounds, it informs on everything, and it gives life to them. And it is also from the level of the king and the character of the king. And Eleke is the level of the expression that is invested within all worlds. And this is the... Uh, ha'ara, the expression of this quality of malchus. And therefore we say, arememcha, it is exalted, it is drawn down from the very essence and fabric to be the soivev. And David Melech, again, the Melech, he was the deliverer of this message because of his characteristic of Melech. Next paragraph, however, in order that we should have this kayach in our personal self, that it should be drawn down, this soivev kolam, and that it should have an impact to give uh, character and quality to creations based on what it says, that seven days you should eat matzah, the poor man's bread, that in order for us to receive Torah and Shavuos, where we saw God face to face after we went out of Mitzrayim, which was a, a level where we didn't see God directly. So we were commanded to, of course, count the Sfirah Sa'imah for seven weeks. And the first of those seven weeks to eat matzah, the point being that within the human character, the Nefesh Bahamas. We have the seven Midas, which are self-serving. There's called seven Midas Rois, and each one of them interfaces with each other. So you have seven times seven, which is 49. And that's the Svira that we have to uh, account for during those seven weeks to transform them from self-serving to godly serving. This is the idea of why the Omer offering came from barley, which is animal food, which represents the animalistic quality which needs to be transformed. And during these seven weeks, we transform a little bit, starting with the chesed of chesed and so on, through bringing down this level of light of godliness that pushes away the darkness. And that's why it says usvartem, which translates in the context to mean to count. It also can mean to bring sapphire, so like uh, clarity of godliness. And we say it every single day, this is that day, because it, ha- like when we count the Oymer, because the idea is that we have to bring daylight into the darkness. And the drawing out of this light is from above, from the level of Midas, through which we transform the Midas from a love of something oppositional to godliness to a love of godliness. Like we say, you should count for them from the day after Shabbos. That is higher than the characteristic of Midas. But there cannot be this level of Eshapcha without first having Eskafia. And we can't transform until we first resist, which is, comes from the Bittal. We put aside what we want. Like we know that it's impossible to create something out of something else, like in the process of planting, that we first put the seed into the soil and only through the seed absorbing itself within the soil. Does it then produce the flower 
and from there to produce seeds to produce more. But before the seed dissolves itself into the soil, it's still something of itself. And therefore, our sages say that when the chick comes out of the egg, it still has its own identity. And therefore, it's impossible for there to be a love of the oppositional to godliness, transformed into a love for godliness, if we don't first have the level of bittel. Like we say in the Kriya Shema, we first declare that Hashem is Echad and that we will love Him. And then there's even a Masira Snefesh to the point that we will devote ourselves to that singularity of Hashem. And through that, we will love Him with all our heart, even with both of our inclinations, which is, again, the idea of transformation. And this is the matzah that we are commanded to eat during that first week of the Svira, even before we start counting the Omer, we eat the matzah, because matzah is the idea of Eskafia and Bittal, because matzah has no exaltedness. It doesn't bloat itself. It has no taste, unlike chametz, and the two are linked. Like we know that a person who doesn't have the sense of Isnasis does not wish to find any enjoyment or flavor in his service. And this is the idea that matzah is called the poor man's bread. Before we receive the Torah, like we said, my soul should be like dust to all. And then it will open up my heart to Torah. We say it in the davening that through my soul being like dust to all, I then become receptive to transforming and seeing God face to face. Now, this level of escapia resistance is even more profound than the level of transformation of escapia. Because even though I have not yet transformed my midas, but it is a total and complete bittal. And through this is Sarusa de Lasata, through this bittal, I put myself to the side from everything else in this level of Escafia. I stimulate Hashem to have a Sarusa de Laela, that he should respond and with that quality of soive, that level of malchus, that is also Hashem's quote, sort of putting himself aside and aligning himself even with the lowliest. And this is what is indicated in the declaration of Baruch Shengfa and Mechusalelem Voyed, that is, that there should be Baruch, Bracha, and Hamshacha in the Malchus of every level for all times. Because if you swap out the letters, you get the word Echad. And our sages say that whenever it says Va'ed, it means it's forever that he is, was king, is king, will be king forever. Spiritually, what this means, top of the next paragraph, that there'll be no fluctuation during our davening and after our davening. The whole day, we will have this consistency, this level, uh, like it says, the king uh, was king and he died, meaning that the idea of truma to Hashem is that we elevate ourselves with a bit from below to above. And the idea being that when we declare Baruch Shenkven Mechusolem Void, through this Arusa de Lasata, our initiation towards Hashem, to this level that has no interruption, that is this level of Kabbalah Somach Shemayim. That the idea of the yoke is the idea of Eskafia, I restrain myself and I am a vatal, I put aside my rotsay. That this will have no interruption, this will be throughout the entire day. That is, even after I've put away my davening I, and I become engaged in ordinary things, that I still do not become any, in any way distracted from my godliness. And that's why I can have a complete escafia, because I have resolved that I am going to stay in that same identified level as I was when I was davening, which is not the case with love, where there's always going to be a fluctuation. It's different when I'm davening than when I'm after I'm davening. So the virtue of bitto, of putting aside my rutzen and my restraint, is an additional level, is a superior characteristic 
because it it is uh, impervious to fluctuation. Next paragraph. The point being that we know uh, we know that every change, and the reason why there's fluctuation is only because of the phenomena of the shviras hakeim, the breaking of the vessels. Like it says in the Zayar, that when it says he was the king and he died, it explains that there were seven kings of the world of Toyu. That when somebody falls from their stature, they are called dead. And this idea of falling is that there is a ratzoy only and no shuv. That is, there's a passion without any application. And therefore, it's unsustainable. Similarly, within a person, there has to be both passion and application. Like we say, you should love and then you should speak. You should speak in the words of Torah. Now, from the perspective of Shviras HaKelem, that it draws out all of this fluctuation within the person, even though he davened with great intensity. Nevertheless, after davening, he goes out and he gets distracted by worldly things. What then is going to protect them? That is the shuv, that he then applies it through, like the Shema says, that we speak in the words of Torah and we do the mitzvahs. That we know that this shattering of the kalim is relevant to the seven characteristics, but in the level of malchus. There is no shattering, like it says uh, in the Sifra, and this is the idea that when we accept upon ourselves the yoke of heaven, which means we put aside our own rutzah, then there will be no change. This is that level of va'ed, forever, that there's no interruption. And through our approach to Hashem, from this perspective, we arouse also from above that there should be forever, that this bracha and this drawing down from the essence of Hashem should be in his covet and his of his malchus, as is explained above, that the idea of the uplifting of the uh, of the God who is king. This is the idea of truma, the first one, that the Mimer began with. The Lamed, that it's wise to say Truma to Hashem, because the Lamed suggests that we elevate, we bring something up. That is, that since we're drawing down the loftiness of godliness in this level of Malchus from the very essence and fabric, despite the fact that it is drawing it down from the very essence to be the Soivev, but the very essence of it is not invested within the worlds. Only the glory and the exaltedness of it, like I called it before, the culture. So now we elevate and we have this uh, raising up from below to above. And that's why it is called in the Zayar, istalik, it is dispatched, the glory of God. Like the statement that when we express iskafi, or resistance of the sitra achar, we dispatch a glory of God to all worlds. And this isn't a literal dispatching of the light, God forbid, it doesn't go away because what would be the virtue of that? But on the contrary, it is the expression and the revelation of godliness in a way that we reveal the Ora of Kolamim, which cannot be within the very essence of the person, only in this sort of exalted uh, characteristic. And that's why it is called a stalic, as if the light is revealed only a tiny bit and is dispatched. Therefore, it says, Truma Lehavaya that it should be this level of exaltedness and upliftedness that draws down a light of the surrounding levels of godliness, as if I am lifting it up. And in addition, this is through this Arusa de Lasata of the level of elevating ourselves through Bittal from below to above. And this is the idea of Truma that is from below to above. Next paragraph. And then it says, all those of an impelled heart should bring Trumas Hashem, the Truma of Hashem. This is a drawing down from a vault to beloved, truma from the term to detach or separate, the two out of many and so on. That is, 
that it should be drawn down from this level of Havaya, which is a level of Seva of Kol Amun, that is consistently and constantly creating, as we know that the Yud of Yud Kevavke suggests continuous, based on the grammatic usage of that letter. It changes a verb from future to constant. This level of Havaya from a Malakal Almin, which is again Yud representing Tzimtzum, hey expression, so. And this is through the Nedivim, like the Pasuk says, the Nedivi Lev, the level of the Avais who are called the caretakers, the shepherds, because a caretaker is one who gives from his good to another, like a donor. And a shepherd is one who cares for his flock. And he takes care of them, he feeds them, he makes sure they're protected, and so on. Like it says, Nidive Amim, the donors or the caretakers, gather together with the God of Abraham to sit with the Nidivim, the caretakers, and so on. And this is uh, why we find that the Avais would dig wells and all of the wells that they dug in the days of Avram and so on, as it constantly talks about, we're on the top of the Tzadik now that the idea of a well is to reveal water where it is hidden within the earth, that this represents their entire objective, which was to bring this level of Seviv Kolam and that which was hidden, that it should become revealed into Mamali Kolam and that this was the objective of all of their deeds. And that's why they are called Nidive Lev, because Hashem is called Lev, because the heart is what gives life to the body through the blood that is dispatched throughout it. That is, the blood is contained within the heart. And then the heart opens up and it shares that blood. And it's constantly opening and closing. The pumping of the heart represents this passionate drive and then the return to implementation, giving and receiving. Similarly, the life force of all the worlds is in this process of pursuing and returning and this Hamshacha to be a pursuant and a return is through the Avais. And that's why they are called Nidivim, the caretakers or donors, because the characteristic of Avram is the quality of love. Like we see that Avram was constantly traveling. Again, the idea of, re, uh, of pursuing and returning. And through this, top of the last column, it arouses above that Hashem should respond with a lofty love from Hashem. The characteristic of Yitzchak is Yira, like Yitzchak is called, the Pacha, the reverence of Yitzchak. And therefore we say the God of Abraham, the God of Yitzchak. That is Elokei for each one of them, because the Midah of one is not like the other. And you have to have both, because the left hand that's under the head and the right hand embraces me, that through the left hand that even pushes away, again, it still causes this exaltedness. And this is why we say that all those who heart impels them bring Trumas Havaya, that is, the drawing down of Torah that is, be, that is from above to below, that is called the wine and the oil. These are the gifts that were brought in the building of the Mishkan, which is the quality like we called Matzah Ashira, that's, that is wheat uh, kneaded with wine or oil that cannot become chametz at all. This concludes the mind.